0: Thank you all for coming to this press conference. My client, Warren is here to read the prepared statement regarding the incident last week. Warren, when you're ready.
1: Thank you. Listeners, audience, concerned citizens, I am here to formally apologize for the events that occurred on the release of our 69th episode. There is no excuse for what occurred. I know that I had been cautioned by both my partner, Kay, and our lawyer... That we couldn't release the episode in that state. That we needed to burn the episode and send it to the void. But I was proud of my work, listeners. I was proud of what we were able to do, what we had done, and it was my zeal in unleashing it on the world that led to this disaster. For those who are still experiencing tremors along the Wasatch Front, I apologize. Yes, some of them can be blamed on the aftershocks of the March 18th quake, but the rest The rest are indeed the fault of what we unleashed. The laughter was too much and it summoned something we were not prepared for. For those who sustained lung injuries from gasps of horror at both my jokes and the creature that terrorized the Salt Lake Valley, I apologize. For those who lost loved ones to the one that shall not be named, we will try our hardest to not forget them, as long as the unnamed one decides to leave their memories undevoured. Actually, You know what? No, it wasn't our fault. We had no idea that was living underneath Kennecott Copper Mine, or whatever the hell they want to call it now. We didn't know that that many di- that that much Richard humor would summon it. We are blameless in this. Yes, the jokes may have been indecent, and maybe I should have listened when Kay and Alex said that it was too much, but this was an episode I was proud of, damn it. Aren't we Americans? Isn't this America? Isn't this the land of the free, the home of the brave,
0: isn't it? Warren, for the love of God, stay on script. (sighs)
1: Sorry, sorry. So, per the request, Of the concerned citizens of the state of Utah, I am prepared to begin my sentence to three consecutive Weber weeks with the possibility of parole for good behavior. Whatever Weber has in store for me, I am willing to take it. I am not a hero. I am just doing what is right.
2: Welcome to Tone Deaf, Theater Nerd's Guide for Their Musically Challenged Spouse. I'm Kay, a musical theater nerd, and apparently an accessory to unleashing and get to suffer this sentence too. And
1: I'm Warren. I'm musically challenged, and I already said that I'm very, very, very sorry.
2: How sorry am I? Three weeks of Weber shows sorry. So, Are you ready for the first part of our sentence, babe? Remember, if we don't summon any eldritch beings, we might be able to get off early on good behavior. Yeah, hit me with it. Would you like a little bit of good news before we do that? There's good news in all of this? Yes, it's not Weber-related, but I figure we can uh, talk about it a little bit. And they didn't say anything about not having our recurring segment... Tiger King Musical Watch. So, next week, or rather, this week, allegedly, next week from when we're recording, this week, when it gets released, there will be a new song. Really? Yes. Uh, Andrew Lippa tweeted a couple of things. He said, uh, Tiger Cubs, you've never seen what you were about to see, never felt what you were about to feel. It all begins next week. It will forever change you. I'm excited. Do we, I am too. Do we
1: know more about it, or is he just that
2: teaser? He, it's just that teez- teaser. Like he said, uh, "Tiger cubs." I kid you not. I can hardly contain my cat enthusiasm. Next week is the week. Interesting. Yeah. He's, he's, I wonder what's gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know. I'm because we've already had uh, Saf's song, yeah. and we've had which they re-recorded with a trans actor as well oh so awesome um and so yeah they they have Saf's song they have carol baskin's song so i'm wondering who's next because we've got you know doc Antle, we've got joe exotic i, was say, I wonder if got, they have their joe cast yet i like, don't know i'm
1: oh i'm I, excited because if it is about you know, if it is about the Tiger King, we need to have the song from the man himself.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. 2021 can't come soon enough. Also because maybe this will be over? This craziness? I,
1: I want to have hope. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I can have hope until these three Weber shows are over. Okay, then I might be able to have hope, but until then,
2: hope, all right, hope, hope, hope has died within me. Well, I guess we should rip off the bandaid then. <laughs> so, because we're both being punished, we're uh, we're gonna see what might be one of the worst Weber shows I have ever encountered. I've hated researching this one. I couldn't even finish listening it to it, Warren. I got so mad that at one point I had to put down my headphones and work in silence. That good, huh? We are going to look at the fan fiction musical, Love Never Dies. Weber even admits this one is not his best, so buckle the (laughs) fuck up. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And his stuff is so all over that it's like even for him to be like you know what bothers me this is not my best it's like no but you love starlight express don't you weber
2: you fucking monster like you know i applaud him for the show must goes for the show must go on that he's been doing because of the pandemic i do applaud him for that but if he doesn't pull up a pro shot or a archival recording of Starlight Express. He's a fucking coward. Yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> you know that would be. I
1: there's the part of me that um that is like, well, that would be one of my punishment episodes yeah. for sure. Uh and I, I there's this tiny part of me that feels like I don't deserve it, but also feels like I do deserve it. And right? The, the two parts are warring, and so they're warring within warren.
2: <laughs> you took the joke right out of my mouth. Get out of my head. So, uh, okay. This musical is bad fanfic of Phantom of the Opera. And when I say that, I first saw that this book was based on a 1990... Or that this musical was based on a 1999 book called The Phantom of Manhattan. So I was like, okay, maybe this isn't completely Weber's fault. Nope. He was responsible for that, too, in a roundabout way. It's always Weber's fault. That's what I've learned. It's always Weber's fault. So, okay, so it wasn't too roundabout. He was involved in that book. He and Frederick Forsyth collaborated on the book, deciding that Phantom had run away to America at the end of the first musical. Because, you know, you leave something ambiguous, like his mask being left behind on an empty chair, and it's like, Oh, okay, we can do a sequel. So they set this thing in Coney Island, and then after a while, Weber's like, I don't think this could be adapted to a musical. (laughs) And so he left the project for a little while, leaving Forsyth to publish The Phantom of Manhattan in 1999, and it should have ended there, but it didn't. We could not be so lucky. No. Weber came back to this in 2006, however, because Phantom... Weber came back to this in 2006, however, because The Phantom kept going... Make this shitty fanfic musical, Weber. But Weber reportedly kept having these, oh, I don't know if this will translate to a musical or not thoughts. Don't you mean, oh, I don't know <laughs>
1: if this will translate to a musical
2: or not? Continue K. Oh, God. So, in 2007, he collaborated with Ben Elton, who had previously worked with him on The Beautiful Game. Elton is partially to blame for this as well, because he went, well, let's focus on Christine and Phantom and Raoul and shit, instead of the characters that had been created for the novella, removing those characters completely. Christine, Raoul? No, the characters that had been created for the novella. Ah. Oh, okay. okay. So, it just goes back to fucking I'm so, so mad
1: so he was supposed to go you know the idea was that he fled Paris and went to Manhattan and rather than having new characters in Manhattan they just have Christine and
2: Raoul and those guys in Manhattan again? and it's so stupid it's so stupid Warren how
1: unlucky would you have to be to survive the in- the initial encounter with the phantom then be like oh, let's go on holiday in America and then fucking run into him again there
2: like oh it gets worse. I'm not going to tell you what happens. In fact, this review, I am trying not to, or not review, but this uh, this background, I am trying not to spoil anything for you so that you can have the fuck you Weber moment that I had.
1: <laughs> one sort of the few joys that I'm going to have in these next few weeks is the, the plethora of fuck you Weber moments that I'm yeah. sure to have.
2: Okay, so, honestly, having not read Phantom of Manhattan because I was not a phantom kid, I'm not sure if those characters would have helped or made things worse, because some of my least favorite things about the musical are still present in the book. Neat, yeah. So, Ben Elton could have stopped this. He was even quoted as saying, after being asked to join, that it sounded like a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like... Anyway, someone else, a hero in this, tried to stop it. Otto, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Turkish fan kitten, got into the keyboard's computer and deleted the entire score. I'm not kidding. That should have been a sign. That, that's... Weber ended up having to reconstruct the entire score. You tried, Otto. Now Otto is the real MVP Otto of the story. Otto is the real MVP of this story. Now, musically, Weber does try to kind of stick with a tone with this, because there's, like, the regular operatic stuff, but then he tries to go more contemporary for the time period it's set in um it takes place 10 years out of Phantom or after Phantom so it's around the turn of the century and like I like Savoy opera and I like burlesque music but it just feels so weird in this so in 2008 there was a tentative name for the sequel and I'm so glad it's not named what it was almost named because then I would have flipped a fucking table <laughs> are you ready for this for what it w- for what it would have been okay Phantom, once upon a time. Phantom, once upon a time. I would have fucking lost my shit.
1: What kind of title
0: is that?
2: Right? Like, <sighs> no, like no. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> Does the phantom get sucked inside of a fairy tale storybook? Like,
2: well, it would have been this same uh, story, but with that title.
1: No, but I mean, like, that title
2: makes me yeah. think that he
1: like got sucked into. Like, the storybook and he's going. there are little pigs in a house that's made of
2: bricks and a wolf outside their door is hungry it would have been a crossover a phantom of the opera and into the woods and we would have determined who truly was the best composer um i still think sondheim is way better but, than Weber, but we would have had our proof mm. like right there Undisputable proof. <laughs> Can is
0: Sondheim English?
2: No, he oh, is American. He's American. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna say,
1: um, I think Sondheim's older than Weber, right? Yeah. Dang it. So if I if I asked for the two of them to duke it out to the death,
2: Weber might win because Sondheim is like <laughs> in his nineties. And I mean, like they they have a friendship, but that's the fans don't so. <laughs> So, I would have lost my fucking shit at that. Like, more so than you heard me do when I was attempting to listen to this show at work.
1: I was very scared hearing you just be like, fuck
2: you, Webber. Yeah. I've never been so glad that we work from home right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Weber debuted the first act of this show at the Sidmonton Festival in 2008, which is kind of a private festival he does every year. Uh before announcing in September of that year that the new title would be Love Never Dies. Uh, Christine Bajas and uh, Ramin Karimloo from the Phantom of the Opera that we saw were to reprise their roles when it it opened in London, which it did eventually at the Adelphi Theatre. Originally, the show was to open simultaneously in London, Broadway, and Shanghai, but that got changed due to technical issues and reworking of the score and it's actually never been to broadway Hmm. and uh love never dies ended up re or ended up opening in london only in february of 2010 to not so great reviews the cat tried to save us the cat tried to save us it was to the point where weber closed the show in november of that year to rework it and the show still ended up closing in london for good in august of 2011. An 18-month run. Phantom... Ran for much longer. <laughs> yes. I don't remember specifically, but yeah. It ran for years and years. So, you know. Some things don't need a sequel, Weber. Exactly. Like, there are musical sequels that we have seen that were actually fun, like Nonsense. That's the one that came to the mind, yeah. yeah. There are musical sequels that it's like, okay, whatever, like Snoopy. And then there's this... This is why they shouldn't happen. (laughs) Or at least if you do it, you have to, like, make it better than the first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely not worse.
2: Yeah. So, not so fun fact. The lighting designer, uh, Polly Constable, said this show led to her (laughs) almost quitting theater entirely. An article from the stage has her quoted as saying, Working on it was the closest I ever came to tipping over the edge, which was insanity. And everyone told me I should be grateful to be in the room. That's never a reason to do anything, and it's also never true. It nearly broke me, and I nearly never stepped foot in a theater again. That is such wow, you should just be grateful to be working with Weber. It's like that attitude. I I would say the whole article is really good, and I'm not going to quote the whole thing here, but um, it's called Polly Constable, I Nearly Quit Theater Because Love Never Dies. And, yeah, it's...
1: Mm. Love never dies, but my love for theater sure
2: almost did. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, back to this train wreck of a show... So, like I said, this opened in London, but the Shanghai premiere ended up getting moved to Australia, which is the one that we're seeing tonight. And a lot of fans of this show, which there are fans of this show, uh, do not like this version. The Australian version? Mm-hmm. And that's the only one that's available to watch.
1: Interesting. hmm Yeah. Okay, that... That just makes me laugh that they're like, I like the show, but not this version.
2: Yeah. And uh, this, this version ran from 2011 to 2012. And then the show went to Copenhagen, Vienna, Tokyo, Hamburg, and then had a U.S. tour in 2017 with another limited Tokyo run in January of 2019. And then they planned the world tour. For 2020. <laughs> it's now tentative, tentatively starting in 2021. Uh, we'll see. We
1: don't deserve this. I mean, we've already got the <laughs> the pandemic that shall not be named going around. We don't need, we don't need <laughs> Weber shoving his musical dick into everyone's face around the world. We
2: don't, we don't need that. I will say that world tours generally aren't going to be truly world tour like, I think most of Africa will be spared. I think South Africa will be the only one that gets hit by this, because that's usually where these shows that go on world tours go, even though, as we've discussed, theater is a thing in Africa. <laughs> as much as white folks tend to not, present company excluded, <laughs> Thank you. tend to not uh, be, uh, like, tend to be like, oh, no, it's, it's not a thing in Africa, but... Yeah, no, the rest of the world's going to be cursed by this, but most of Africa will be spared. Yeah, you know... (laughs) It'll be like uh, 2012. (laughs) um, God, that movie too. (sighs) Okay. So... Like I said, review-wise, I'm not going to say much because I don't want to spoil the amazing plot twists in this musical that totally didn't make me throw down my headphones in anger. (laughs) But I will say that there was a Facebook protest group called Love Should Die (laughs) (laughs) with the mission statement. We feel strongly that Andrew Lloyd Webber's latest musical is a completely misguided venture that is a detriment to the story of the original Phantom of the Opera novel and musical of the same name. Virtually everything about this show strikes us as illogical, irrational, offensive, and frankly stupid. I mean,
1: that's kind of how I feel with a lot of the decisions that Webber makes in his shows. Starlight Express! Starlight Express! (laughs)
2: So, Weber calls this show not a sequel, because it doesn't repeat music from the previous show, but it's a sequel, Weber. It's the same characters, it goes off of the same story, it happens after the same story, and it's just shitty, because you have to forget things that happened in the previous one for it to make a lick of sense. You know, I'm
1: gonna be... (laughs) uh, I hate to say I'm gonna be very curious to see... The puzzle pieces start piecing together In my mind as I watch it because I do remember Phantom Yeah. Uh, Because that was like One of the only Weber shows that Mm -hmm. even though I made Fun of some of the silly stuff in it I did like Phantom Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely not my Favorite show but Considering that my bar for Weber My bar for Weber Mm -hmm. Is uh, close Is low enough to trip over
2: uh, He didn't have to go very high for me to be like Hey I like that Yeah So, I want you, as we watch this, to write down where you think the plot is going. Like, at at a point, I want you to sit there and think to yourself, when did I predict this thing that happens? I was hoping you would end your sentence at, I want you, while we watch this. I think this would kill my libido. (laughs) This will kill my libido for the day, which is why we're gonna be day drinking after this so <laughs> that it comes back. <laughs> uh, so that I can purge this show from my memory.
1: <laughs> you, uh,
2: I was day drinking while writing the script. We've we've done well, enough. Well I guess afternoon drinking, we've, but still. We've
1: done enough of these shows that I do have a little bit of a stockpile of knowing when you're like, oh, this is not going to be very good. Like you, 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 you tend to be very good at being like, now I don't particularly like this, but it is, you know, there are people who do, or I like this, but there are some parts, the fact that you're just like, no, like,
2: fuck this show. (sighs) This is a, this is indeed a fitting punishment for both of us. For you unleashing what you did and for me not stopping you.
1: <laughs> that you, Let this be... You know, really, this is all your fault. Yeah, this is a lesson
2: for you, me. You have... You know,
1: you're your husband's keeper. So if you cannot keep me from unleashing demonic
2: evil on the planet, r- whose fault is it? It's I mean, mine. really. It's, it's definitely mine. Um, so what will... What what this what this will be a lesson for is that I will be in charge of episode 420 in nine years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, that's like, oh, I mean, okay, fair. <laughs> It'll probably just be a rewatch of Cats, but in Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe with Mama K. There you go. <laughs> so, are you ready? No, but the court won't let me not and if here's the thing if we don't summon anything we might get time taken off of our sentence
1: we have three weber shows if we do if we we,
2: it's probably too much to hope that
1: if if we do good on this one they'll let us avoid the other two
2: yes but maybe they will so are you ready babe No, but I don't have a choice. Me either, babe. So hold my hand. We've got this. We've got this. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey, Warren. Hey, Kay. Do you know what time it is? Is it time to thank our favorite people in the whole world? Heck yeah! Today, we would like to thank our stage crew sponsor, Jasmine Wu, and our producer circle sponsors, Bianucci, Reagan, and Taylor Brandt. Thank you all so much for your support of our show.
1: We truly appreciate it. Boston Harbor Horror is about a Coast Guard member who discovers an
2: ancient artifact during a rescue on one of the many islands located deep in Boston Harbor. His subsequent research into that artifact Leads him down a dark path that will test his sanity, his relationships, the very reality in which he resides. Boston Harbor Horror is an Asylum 94 production. You can find our show wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Boston HBR Horror and Asylum 94 PROD. Like us on Facebook at Boston Harbor Horror and Asylum 94. Follow us on Instagram at Boston Harbor Horror in Asylum 94. And now the lights are going down and the music starting back up, so let's head back to the second act of our show. <sighs> well, I feel that was a fitting punishment. I feel like this should have been the only punishment, but, you know, who am I to argue with the courts? Well, you know what they say about, uh,
1: the justice system, right? Punishment never
2: dies. It just goes on. I think this broke my laugh box. <laughs> on and on and on. And <laughs> never mind it's back. <laughs> Longer than it should.
1: I, Have fun editing that by the way. I want those two hours back. The show was bad <laughs> and I actually am slightly concerned that because I've seen this, it will taint how much I like phantom now i i i think that it the next time we watch phantom uh i'm not going to be able to enjoy it as much because i'll just know that love never dies exists uh-huh despite otto's best attempt to say save... mate was hot was otto a time traveler was he really like a time traveling alien who was like i need to go back in time <laughs> and stop this from happening
2: Because the future of humanity is at stake. And he tried. He tried so hard, that poor little kitten. (sighs) I just... (sighs) Like, the only way that it can even slightly make sense is to believe the whole, oh, this isn't a true sequel, but then it's like, but it is a sequel. It is a sequel. It's Has, called a sequel in the title. Yeah, it says
1: it in the title. Has the uh, the same characters. Mm-hmm. They make uh, reference to the things that happened in yep. the previous show. Yeah, as well as uh, things that apparently happened off stage or not. Yeah, I mean off <sighs> camera, off scene, Ugh. and the in between moments. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, let's uh let's let's I let's... would have
2: rather watched Starlight Express again.
1: I actually would too uh yeah because you and I were actually talking about that that at least with Starlight Express it had some unique choreography because everybody mm-hmm. was on roller skates yep and uh that's a positive thing that's something mm-hmm. that uh that is better
2: yeah um I don't know if I would watch the cats movie again over there yeah, I probably would. Uh, uh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah. I wow. I would rather watch Cats again,
2: the film version. The right? film version, yeah, not the than play.
1: <laughs> then, yeah, wow, wow, I, wow. I never thought that that we would come across a show that I would rather that I would dislike more than Cats.
2: Wow, Weber, you've outdone yourself. Good job, Weber. <laughs> God, <sighs> nowhere to go from up but up from here, Weber. <laughs> he's
1: subterranean at this point for me. Like he's tunnel. He's gonna hit the core at some point and just bing, bounce right off of it. Okay, right off the top, you wanted me to take some some. You're like, while we're watching this, I want you to see if you can figure out what the big twist is gonna be. And so before the show started, when we were getting ready. Uh, I just jotted down some possible uh, (laughs) soap opera-esque plot devices that might have happened. How close were you, babe? uh, Oh, I was was completely off. (laughs) I was completely off. Um, And I'll tell you why Mm -hmm. later when we get to it. So right off the top, I wanted to throw out some uh, predictions for the plot twist. And in my note, I put twit instead of twist, so I'm <laughs> glad that I autocorrected that. The Phantom is actually Chrissy D's father. Somehow. Raul is Chrissy D's father. Somehow. The Phantom is Chrissy D's long-lost twin brother. Somehow. Chrissy D is really raul's long-lost twin sister. Somehow. Uh let's see, what other soap opera tropes? Uh Chrissy D is in a coma and none of this is real. I wish Uh, I could get behind that one Uh, I could go on I'll revisit this list later with some more predictions Um, Some of those verge on Lannister territory, baby (laughs) Would that be any worse than what we had? Like, not by much It would make what we had worse If it was both (laughs) So, we get a quick recap of how the Phantom was responsible for the fire in the Paris Opera House and how an angry mob scoured the catacombs looking for the Phantom, but only ever found his mask. We then see the Phantom playing music, then realizing the show that he's in and collapsing into despair (laughs) across his organ. He (laughs) laments... Yeah.
2: Nope, nope, nope. I shouldn't say... (laughs) I shouldn't point it out because that will bring on the nameless one. He, (laughs) he laments to us, the
1: audience, and to no one in particular that it's been ten long grueling years he's been living this facade of a life. Time barely creeps and he's unable to sleep because he misses Chrissy D's voice. He's just all sorts of creepy pining for Chrissy. Nothing matters. Life has no meaning. His music is terrible, and he can't handle it. Not until he hears Chrissy D's voice one more time. <sighs>
2: uh.
1: Yeah, and he's got, like, this big painting of her on his wall. It's, yeah. like, he, like has, like, this shrine to her. Yeah, that was creepy. That was so creepy. You know, I really preferred the question mark at the end of the original phantom where it's like is he dead Is yeah. he alive all they found with his mask just leaving it
2: there oh mm-hmm. well, and i guess the book is more explicit of no he's dead
1: okay i just
2: assumed he died yeah he, well, died. he
0: didn't get no he sits on the chair and just
1: kind
2: of anyway 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 anyway
1: anyway anyway let's get to, okay my brain is like
0: let's think about something not as shitty as this
1: uh <laughs> literally anything <laughs> We now cut to Coney Island in 1905, and, uh, I don't know, like, this, this, I, I don't like this at all, Kay, uh, I don't, I don't like these creepy, pale-faced clowns. I didn't like it either, babe. I, I feel like these are some, some rejects from the Joker's clown posse in some (laughs) horrible alternate universe Batman where the Joker is a, uh carnival uh, ringmaster or some shit i can i ha huh, ha huh, huh, i can use it to rationalize this my what the fuck brain is just <laughs> trying to come up with alternate scenarios that would make what i am seeing less terrifying yeah and there's nothing oh my god what is that These there's, there's these big uh clown head puppets <laughs> Uh I I do I do not like this K. I do
2: not like this at all. Those things were very uh no bueno. No, uh, they were they were very no bueno. They were bad. They were bad, bad, bad. This place is apparently called Phantasma. Because he has uh,
1: no imagination. He has no <laughs> he could have called it Phantomland and it would have had the same
2: weight <laughs> to it. Step right up, kids, to Phantomland. Watch ah. the old man pine! <laughs> Hey, kid, step right up to Phantom Land. Throw an egg at the Phantom.
1: See if he—if <laughs> you can jog memories of a better day when he had Chrissy D and her. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I need to—I need to be. We can't bring the <laughs> nameless one back with. I know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So Chrissy, so (laughs) Chrissy D's dancing friend from the first show is now here too, Meg. She apparently works at the carnival or something. Uh, She's something of a celebrity now, kind of. Like they they make a big deal about all the way from Paris and blah, blah, blah. Like they make a big deal about her. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like she's gotten the star power that she really
2: wants. No.
1: But as it comes to be revealed later, she just wants the phantom to notice her is kind of
2: yeah the whole
1: deal. Uh, but rather than looking cool and classy like Meg did in the first show, she looks... Uh... Okay, she looks like she's being... She looks like she's transforming into a flamingo but got stopped halfway <laughs> through because she ran out of cocaine to fuel her transformation. <laughs> Oh, and she's just one of an entire chorus line of other half-bird burlesque-esque tutu cocaine dancers. <laughs> um, you know, I,
2: I'm not quite sure what to describe them because they're all feathery and in these tutus. Yeah, they're, they're burlesque dancers. I mean, I was sitting there watching it. You aren't going to get this yet, but she reminded me of Evelyn Nesbitt from Ragtime. And I'm just sort of sitting here like, Weber, why? Like, why did you take... Why did you and Forsyth take these characters so far out of character? Like, it just continue. I have no energy. <laughs> oh, and uh, Theater Trunchbolt is back too.
1: Mm-hmm. It's good to uh to see her curmudgeonly self. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, the stage manager is Theater Trunchbolt in this uh, phantasma thingy
2: thing. Fan fiction.
1: Yeah, Meg goes up to Theater Trunchbolt to be like. Wasn't I good?
0: Did you see me? Did he see me?
1: The phantom, I assume. Uh-huh. And uh, Theater Trunchbolt puts uh, hands her a paper, and Meg reads it, the headline, and apparently the super popular singer Chrissy D is coming to sing at the Manhattan Opera House. And Meg is like, Oh, Chrissy, she's great. And Theodore Trunchbold is like, That selfish bitch, Chrissy. She abandoned the master for Raoul. She wanted to be a famous singer instead of the phantom master's creepy angel of music slave. Or something along those lines. I'm not entirely sure. The theater Trunchbolt keeps singing about how she hates Chrissy, and Meg is like,
0: Oh my god, oh my god, I can't wait till she gets here. I'm gonna show her all the cool stuff in New York. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, Chrissy, I can't wait! Mm Mm-hmm. That doesn't last long. Yeah,
2: no it doesn't, and it was funny, uh, cause we had Shay with us Mm -hmm. watching it, and it was like, you know, this would have been better if it had been that it was a thing with Christine and Meg. Instead of... You know, I don't think that there
1: is just one thing you could change in this show. There, I don't even think that there's a half dozen things or a dozen things you could change in this show to make it be better. I think that this entire show would have to be broken down and rebuilt Yeah, with someone
2: other than Andrew Lloyd Webber doing it because the, apparently... The plot twist that's coming up is yet another thing that just makes it irredeemable. Well, especially given the fact that, like, the quote-unquote plot twist that you're
1: talking about was so in your face that Mm -hmm. it doesn't even count as a plot twist, in my opinion. Yeah,
2: it's it's more of like a... It's a thing that you go, You bastard. Weber, you bastard. (laughs) Mm.
1: The scene zooms in on the phantom, who has been listening in and has a grim look on his face. So after... Theater Trunchbolt and Meg were talking about Chrissy is coming here to New York. And then you they zoom out and they show the Phantom, and he's just been like, I have been listening in on you because I am a voyeur, and that's apparently what I do with all my free time. Is <laughs> I spy am on the women.
2: Phantom of the air ducks <laughs>
1: <laughs> You know that you know, the Phantom could be summed up as uh, creepy guy spies on women without them knowing it. Like, that's what he does the majority of the time, is he's just spying on women. Okay. Now we're seeing Chrissy D and Raul and their their crotch hybrid, Gustav, (laughs) arriving in America. (laughs) Instead of people being cool, they are heckling Chrissy D. Hey, hey, sing for us. You haven't done a performance in years. Why are you here? Why ain't you singing at the Met? It's, the, it's that American moolah, ain't it? Raoul is not liking how people are treating he and his wife, gawking at them and accusing them of whoring out his wife's talented voice to pay for his gambling
2: debts. since apparently that is the word on the streets that he left his fortune on a table in Monte Carlo. So I'm gonna reveal some stuff about me that we've already talked about a little bit, but you know, fan fiction and stuff. <laughs> this, this right here is one of those things that I hate in fanfic. I'm gonna be treating this like it's fanfic, because that's what it is. It's fanfic with a PH. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I No no, hate... it's Phantomfic. Well, cause they, they call Phantom fans fans. Oh, P-H-A-N. And, yeah, and Phantom fandom is P-H-A-N-D-O-M. Okay. So, yeah. Cause puns. Yeah, cause puns. So this is fanfic. And I The thing that drives me nuts the most whenever somebody obviously doesn't like the canon pairing is that they will take whoever it is that they're splitting up completely out of character to make their pairing fit. And this just did not sit right with me, with Raul, especially because of how... He is in the first one, and how it's shown with him at the end or at the start of the first one—that it seems like he's been with Christine for well, a longer time, and they had a better relationship, but she died. And oh, oh old, sorry, sorry, you're talking about yeah, that yeah, like that doesn't make sense for what happens in this show. No, no, it doesn't, and. I just I sit here and I go you had to take somebody completely out of character in order to make this work Raul is so different in this like did they make
1: a stopover at uh Jekyll's lab and take some of that because yeah. he is completely different like he before where he was like your typical kind of shining knight character mm-hmm. like he was he was you know not a aristocrat and he was looking out for chrissy dean he was concerned about her and blah blah mm-hmm. blah and he was the hero of it you know trying to rescue her from the creepy possessive phantom mm-hmm. in this one he's just complete utter douchebag yeah like, he is an asshole he is in a, a neglectful husband and mm-hmm. father and a, and just in an a an abusive alcoholic basically like you don't, yeah. you don't see him ever hit Chrissy or or Gustav. Yeah. But the way that Chrissy reacts to some of the looks that, that he gives her yeah. is the same way that a battered person would like, oh, like I, I
2: need to be yeah. careful what I say or they're gonna
1: Yeah abuse it, me. It
2: absolutely does not sit right with me. And like he has this permanent sneer on his face the whole show and <gasps> I know who he reminds
1: me of. I know I was saying, like, later in the show that he... I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You're fine. Uh, Gosh, I'm sorry. Uh, He... I don't know the actor who plays him, and I don't know if I've seen him on anything else, but he mm-hmm. reminds me of the douchebag friend in The Count of Monte Cristo, the remake. Like, the yeah. rich aristocrat one who's just... Because he always has that sneer, too. Like, he's too good
2: for everything, yeah. He's too good for everything. I, Nothing's I good enough him for him. I looked him up on IMDb, and he's not in anything we've seen. Gotcha. But he It's, you but, know, 40 like, faces.
1: Yeah, but he had the same look, though. but Like, the same way they did his hair and his, like, yeah. mutton chop thing and even his outfit. Like, he looked very much like... Yeah. That uh, spoiled, evil guy in The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Um, So that's... ah, Maybe he... I don't know. Who knows? Maybe
2: he was modeled off that guy. No, he was modeled after bad fan fiction. (laughs) With a PH.
1: I'll just assume. Mm Mm-hmm. Continue. Oh, God. Where was I? Okay, yes. So the crowd was heckling uh, Raul. Saying Hmm. that he's basically, you know... Oh, you gotta make your wife sing to pay for your gambling debts, sir a uh, The creepy, pale-faced, wannabe Joker henchmen from earlier arrive in a magical, horseless carriage to pick up Chrissy D and her family. Raoul doesn't like these freaks and argues with them. At their hotel, however, Raoul is really showing how these ten years have changed him. He's a douche now, a grumpy husband, and a neglectful father. Gustav asks his daddy to come play with him.
2: Okay. I've got a thing to say, real quick. Okay, that also makes me angry. Did you notice with that horseless carriage thing that they kind of imply that Phantom invented that? Yeah, they did.
1: I assumed. I just assumed. I was just... like, are they saying that he invented cars? Because he's supposed to be this brilliant. Like that's the thing with him that they talk about in the first uh, show yeah. is that he's like this savant at everything. He is an artist. He is an inventor. He's a fucking he is... Gary Stu. Except he's ugly, so that's the thing. He's not, like, well, drop Well, he's gotta have gorgeous.
2: one flaw. But, you know, everything else is perfect. Now,
1: would it be one flaw or would it be half a flaw?
2: That's <laughs> only half of it. I
1: thought... Uh, <laughs> you, your reaction... Your reaction is too good
2: for that joke. That joke was not good enough for the... I need to find joy somewhere because it has been sapped of me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this... Sh- okay. Yep, this show was really bad. Uh, okay, where was I? Oh, yeah, so they're in their hotel room. Uh, Raoul... Raul ...is getting drunk already. Mm-hmm. And bitching about Hammerstein. Yeah, not bitching about
2: Hammerstein, the guy who, who paid them to... It's that Hammerstein.
1: Rogers and Hammerstein? Mm-hmm.
2: It's Oscar Hammerstein from Rogers and Hammerstein that they're talking about. Is it really, or is that... It's either him or his dad. Oh. Huh. But it's the... It's referencing that so does weber have a beef with him no okay no just trying to go look we know what time period it is and we're in america
1: (laughs) that's what that is yeah just wait until the rock music comes in later you know (sighs) because the time period that they're in
2: you know i don't know if you know this but eric the phantom of the opera invented the stratocaster I forgot his name was Eric. What's the Stratocaster? Oh,
1: oh, the guitar. <laughs> yes. I was about to say, I was like,
2: well, that name sounds familiar. Why do I not In have fact, a- he also invented the Les Paul, even though it was invented by Les Paul, it was actually invented by Eric. Well, you see, he invented it,
1: but since he went off to be a phantom, mm-hmm. he just left all of his blueprints around,
2: and then other people found them and took credit. He also invented the Moog synthesizer, and the electronic drum set, and electricity. He invented a
1: lot Too bad he couldn't invent a good plot (laughs) Okay, okay, back to this Because this is an important thing Okay, alright, this is important right here (laughs) I hate it Gustav asks his daddy To come play with him And Raul is like, no, no I'm far too busy telling your mother How I have half a mind to pack us up and leave And not have your mother dig us out of the hole That I've put our family in Gustav decides to play on the piano since his dad won't come play with him, much to his daddy's dislike. But Gustav is like, I think the music is pretty. And it's at this moment I realize the fucking twist, goddamn you, Weber! (laughs) (laughs) My new prediction
0: is that Chrissy D. Uh,
1: uh. took the Phantom's D. to make little Gustav... He's got the music in his blood. He can't help it. And now we have to retcon the entire Phantom of the Opera story to make this
2: stupid thing work. You and Shay had the best reaction. Just both of you going, No! No! Just. uh, Yeah. Yeah, Kay lost her shit when I... Uh, When that part happened, I had to have Kay pause so that I could type my notes because... That was the moment when I was listening to it that I shouted, Fuck you, Weber, at work.
0: (laughs) Mm.
1: That's fair. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Okay. Okay, wow. Wow. Okay. Okay, now. Uh, Let's continue on with this shit show.
0: Wow. So Chrissy tries to be like, Calm down, honey. It's the money. That's why we're here. We need the money. Raul. Raul
1: <laughs> is just getting more drunk and grumpy that he's being blamed for gambling the family into high-class poverty I mean
0: <laughs> you know that's the thing he has that line
1: too he's like oh I, I why am I always being blamed or he says something along yeah. those lines it's like because this is your fault mm-hmm. like what 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 do you mean it's so god it's so dumb it's so dumb Gustav asks his daddy to come over and see his creepy-ass music box. (laughs) Gustav sits by his son and pats his head, and you can see the look in his eyes. You don't look like me at all. (laughs) Raoul has had his drunken fatherly quandary interrupted by a missive. Mr. Hammerstein, the boss of the creepy clowns in
2: the theater Chrissy is singing at, wants to meet Raoul. Oh, so Hammerstein is not... The boss of the oh. circus. That's the Phantom. Uh, Phantom's the boss of the circus. He just forged the Hammerstein oh, letter to get him Oh, He forged the Hammerstein letter. Okay. Mm-hmm. To get him over or get him out of the room so that yeah, he can do what he does next.
1: Later they refer to him as Mr. Y. And yeah. I was like, wait, so
2: is there, so there is no Hammerstein. Well, Hammerstein's there, but the but, Phantom but, is obsessed and outbids him. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
1: Okay. So that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was confused by that part, but anyway. Thank no you for, worries, thank babe. Thank you for clarifying that up. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that up. Like butter.
2: Continue. <laughs> oh. It was a dumb cooking oh. joke. Continue. Okay. Um. <laughs> God.
0: see. where am I?
1: Uh, The Hammerstein, Uh, Hammerstein, yeah, the creepy clowns, da-da-da, singing. And uh, Hammerstein wants, the letter says, Hammerstein wants to meet Raul at the bar to talk business. Raul is like, sweet, that's my favorite business location. (laughs) Which is what he he says. Yeah. Chrissy D is like, Raul, please. And Raul shoots her a look. And Chrissy reacts in a way that makes me think Raul hits her. Mm -hmm. They are really building Raul up. To be a shitty husband and father, they're really building Raoul up to be a shitty husband and father to set Chrissy D up to leave Raoul and be with the Phantom. Bad fan fiction. Like seriously, I got so angry when Chrissy is like, "Raoul, please," and the way he looks at her is literally. I mean, mm-hmm. I've uh, that is the the look that of an abusive look. husband. Yeah, that is the look of you, white you. You watch your mouth, woman. Yeah, like, it. Uh yeah Gustav is like
0: father never plays with me
1: does he hate me and Chrissy D has to sing a song to her son which could best be summed up as ignore what you hear don't think about any of this nothing is real and also
2: your father is a bastard who is not your father I
1: may have taken some liberties
2: with that song (laughs) well and it's also a lot of like oh look with your heart not with your eyes like I did when I conceived you (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it's, and the, the whole, uh, ignore what you see, or, uh, don't, don't believe what you see, ignore what you hear, that whole fucking line. I'm like, oh, is that the tagline for this abomination? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, it really is. Uh.
1: Chrissy D. ushers her son out of the room and to bed. Only so the phantom can come out of the mirror in a poof of smoke, and Chrissy D can faint when she sees the phantom. Just ah, Eric, ah, and falls down. She missed her fainting chair. <laughs> I have a joke about that because you made that. <laughs> you made that comment. So the phantom scoops her up and puts her in her fainting chair that she missed. <laughs> Chrissy wakes up and is like,
0: I thought you were dead, and now you're here. We had one night years ago, and then you faked your death, so I had to settle for Raoul because you, my true love, had died, even though I was obviously repulsed by you in the first show and wanted to be with Raoul,
2: But for the sake of this spaghetti plot, I have to act like I have always been in love with you. And the thing that annoys... One of the many things, I should say, that annoys me about this, because I could go on and on and on and on, is, like, you have to suspend so much disbelief for this. This is the point that I threw down my headphones and said, nope, I'm working in silence the rest of the day, because I I hate everything now. It would make more sense to say that
1: this show takes place in an alternate universe. Yes.
2: This is... Ha, ha, ha. It's an AU. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Phantom lives, A.U.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Phantom
2: lives and everyone's out of character, A.U. This is crack thick is what this is. That's the only way to make it make sense. It's a crack thick.
1: Mm -hmm. The Phantom and Chrissy D. sing with all the strength of two professional singers, and apparently Gustav sleeps like the fucking dead. He (laughs) falls asleep as soon as his head hits the pillow, which is the only reason he's not coming out of the room to be like, Mom, the fuck is going on
2: out here? Do you have plot amnesia? Excuse me, Mom, but what the fuck? fuck?
1: But Uh, no, this song keeps going beneath a moonless sky. Talking
2: about when they banged. Yeah, the whole song is just them talking about when they banged and how it felt and what they were doing and how they touched each other. It was, it's, it's so,
1: it's, it's awkward. It's such an awkward song, especially and not because of the
2: sex. I mean, there's plenty of like Or at least, I don't want to think about the phantom. Or at least the implications of sex. That was fuck with a ph. This show,
1: so because because oh, I, I this really has soured Phantom of the Opera for me. The one Weber show that I was like, okay, Weber, you, you you did good. You did good on this one. Yeah, there was some silly stuff that I made fun of, but you did good on this one, Weber. Mm-hmm. No, Weber, Weber molested his own show. <laughs> like just.
0: He bad touched his good show. It's, I don't. It just ruins it. Like, cause. Because uh, all I can
1: think about now is <laughs> Sierra Bogus in the version of Phantom that we watched and how good she was and how much emotion she had in her acting and everything when she's talking about how scared she is of the phantom and how she just wants to be away from this place and all of this now she's scared mm-hmm. that he's gonna take her and won't let her leave and then we cut
2: to this where she's like I wanted you so badly oh. we fucked outside with a ph yeah <laughs> under a moonlit sky with a moonless. PH. Moonless. moonless moonless sky yeah, moonless sky with a ph I guess
1: that's the only way she had to fuck him in total darkness so she couldn't see his face I'm here on you, going back and forth, and I will sing while we're boning in darkness. Don't open your eyes or you'll want me to stop,
2: and I've shown I'm not good with boundaries. Wonder if he wore the mask while he was going down on her. I'm assuming. Why did you have to bring that up? Because <laughs> that's where my brain went. Ugh. Oh. Ugh. Oh.
1: Wait. I like it with the mask on. <laughs> it's...
2: So Weber made me think about the phantom fucking. So, so now uh, I have to make everyone else think about it. So
1: I guess it's, it's like it's like what the uh, the 1905 version of brown bag in it.
0: Like...
1: OK. OK. The phantom is like, hey, yeah, I, I did bring you here because I wanted you to sing once more for me. And Chrissy D is like, no,
0: I owe you nothing. You made me think you were dead for 10 years. I've been in this apparently loveless marriage with my bastard child. Oh, speaking of which, Gustav's finally woke up. Oh, speaking of which,
1: Gustav finally woke the fuck up. Because of all the noise, he comes out onto the balcony.
0: Mommy, I had a nightmare that I was being drowned by a scary man who was super possessive of you and didn't know I was his son. Oh, who's, oh, who's your masked friend, Mummy? Can I go on a magical adventure with him, Mummy? The Phantom. <laughs> the
1: Phantom sees Gustav and is, like, wide-eyed and shocked.
0: <laughs> I love that
1: look. The look, because he, the thing, I don't know what his, what, the uh, what the direction was because I, I could see two different looks. He has a look of like Raul's because he Raul's has a Seed. Yeah, exactly. He has that look of Raul's Seed, <laughs> or he has a look of like, holy
2: shit, I'm a father. Like, but yeah, then, <laughs> I mean. Anyway. It implies later that he didn't know that, okay. but at the same time- so,
1: so so initially he's like, I'm going to
2: kill the shit out of Raul's. Especially the crazed look he has as he's holding him on the balcony. Oh. I'm just like- Oh, no, it probably that was. Kid's ge- that kid's getting blanketed. Because- Michael Jackson, Raul. Oh. Remember God. when he had oh, yeah. his baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at Blanket. Oh,
1: God. I forgot that his kid's name was Blanket. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So Gustav is Blanket. Uh, yeah, he was almost Splat, <laughs> is who he was. Um, But the wide-eyed look that he gives, now I'm realizing when you're saying that he he didn't know that was his son. He was looking at this kid going, leverage! <laughs> <laughs> I can use you to blackmail your mother! <laughs>
0: Do what I want or I'll kill him!
1: Which he says, he says that yeah, later. Yeah, he does. Do what I want or I'll take away everything you've ever loved. Okay, we're not there yet. I will get there yet.
2: Fuck you, Weber. <laughs> With <a> PH.
0: Oh <laughs> God, we have to find joy somewhere.
1: Okay, wide-eyed and shocked, the Phantom leans into Gustav, leans Gustav over the balcony, and is like, "I will, sh- I will show you Coney Island." <laughs> All its phantasmic mysteries. Come with me, Gustav. I didn't write the rest of the lyrics here. Coney
0: Island. (laughs) And Gustav is like, cool, you're way better than my maybe not daddy who's abusive to me and mommy.
1: Chrissy snatches Gustav from the phantom and ushers him out of the room, being like,
0: Oh, he's a friend of mommy's. Stay away from him. <laughs> he's a friend. He's a friend with a pH.
1: <laughs> he's a friend with pH benefits. <laughs> Okay, after, oh after Gustav leaves the Phantom, after Gustav leaves, the Phantom is like, You will sing for me, or I will take everything from you, implying that I will kill your child, <laughs> who I don't yet know is my child, because a disfigured monster of a man like me is capable of doing anything. Other than being a decent, non-creepy person, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Raoul comes back into the room after the Phantom leaves, and he's upset. He got wasted in the pub all by himself, waiting for Mr. Hammerstein. But he never showed. is like,
0: things have changed, Raúl."
1: Now, they don't... don't Raoul doesn't come back, like, drunk, like he's been sitting there yeah. drinking, waiting. But he, he does have the attitude of someone who was... He's like, I was waiting to get drunk with this person who's paying my wife. Yeah. And then he never showed. And, uh... Oh, wow. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. We are, uh... Only about halfway through my notes. <laughs> Fair. We're only half of the pH. <laughs> With the pH halfway. <laughs> so... Okay, so the scene changes after uh, Chrissy D. is like,
0: Things have changed, Raoul.
1: Meg is dancing and singing about tanning on the beach in Coney Island, and everyone loses their shit when Chrissy D. shows up, because she's a superstar. <laughs> Meg and Chrissy are catching up while Raoul makes some inquiries with the theater Trunchbolt, and it's revealed that this Mr. Y. that they're talking about is Him? Him. Him. <laughs> Raul is like, I need to tell my wife. She'll be upset. And Theodore Trunchbold is like, unless she already knew. <laughs> Raul is like, she did know. I can see it on her face. <laughs> Instead of slapping his wife like we all know he wants to do, Raul, and Raul Chrissy D., Meg, and Theodore Trunchbolt sing about uh, cheers to old friends. Mm-hmm. And they all toast with... Water, I'm guessing. Uh, After the song, Raul is like, I need something stronger. It's five o'clock somewhere. And leaves to go get (laughs) wasted. Chrissy tries to tell him to hold up and to not be upset, but Raul hears the whiskey calling from the other room and leaves. (laughs) Chrissy is sad, but then she immediately changes to panic when she realizes that Gustav.
0: Gustav, has anyone seen Gustav?
1: (laughs) Gustav is missing. But meanwhile, Gustav is palling around with his new buddies, the creepy clown Joker Rejects, who take him to their <laughs> master, the Phantom, who is like, Come young man, nothing creepy about a grown man in a mask taking a young boy to his secret underground smoke filled room. <laughs> Gustav plops his baby butt on the seat and starts playing the piano and the phantom is like, oh shit, he plays like I play. And then he takes Gustav
2: on a tour of his freak show... You know that scene I imagined because I'm still thinking about the stuff we've been watching on Curiosity Stream. I imagine that bit where they're talking about, "But where did this come out? But well, let's look at the DNA." <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the music gene kind of thing, yes. like how talents can be passed down. Yeah, they're just like, "Fuck
1: you." Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, <a> right. <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, yeah, so the Phantom is taking Gustav on a tour of his freak show, all while singing Can You See the Beauty Underneath? I don't remember how that song goes. Can you see the beauty underneath? Oh, and guitar music, because Weber. Gustav is like, yes. Yes, I see through to the beauty underneath. And the phantom is like, do you see my beauty? And he pulls off his mask, (laughs) which makes Gustav shit his pants, scream like a girl, and flee, just in time to run into Chrissy D's arms as she followed the guitar riffs and loud (laughs) chanting and singing to the smoke-filled dungeon where the phantom took her son. That's a bit of a mouthful, but (laughs) mouthful with a ph
0: like what Chrissy had <laughs> <sighs> That's not how babies are made. Okay? No, but
2: I mean, you got to <laughs> You got to prime the pump. <laughs> you can't tell me she didn't prime the pump. <laughs> uh, sorry, I have a phantom in my throat. <laughs> so did she. Oh, God. Hey! Oh, oh, shit. Lean off the Richard humor. We're on parole. Oh <laughs> not true. on parole. We're still... We're trying to earn parole. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. God <laughs> damn it. Okay. <clears throat> you did kind of walk into that one, though. <laughs> Banged you over into it. Um.
1: Okay. So, Chrissy and Meg found their way Following the sick guitar riffs into the Phantom's uh, smoke-filled freak show dungeon thing, Chrissy and Gr- Chrissy has Gustav go with Meg so that she can have a moment to talk to Mister Freak Show, who is like a son. I have a son. Chrissy D is like,
0: I'll sing for you one last time, cause just, just cause,
2: and Chrissy leaves. <laughs> Maybe this is an ABO fanfic and Phantoms and Alpha and Christine's and Omega and continue.
1: I hate the fact that I know what Alpha, Beta, Omega fanfics are because you've talked about them. Just know.
0: <laughs> just
1: know that I still love you even despite that.
2: Okay. I love you too. Okay,
1: um, my throat hurts from that coughing fit I had. Yeah, so Chrissy's like, "I'll sing for you just one last time, just just cause, cause mm. you asked me to, and you threatened to kill my son if I don't." Yeah, like, so like, <laughs> you can't, she's kind of got well, her.
2: Then he does that whole like, "Everything that I have, I'll give to him because well, he, he's my." I'm getting to
1: that. Oh, because she leaves after that. Oh, that's because <laughs> right. then she leaves. Then the Phantom goes over to the mirror and is like. Out of my darkness came this light. Out of my ugliness came this beauty. And he is happy that his son didn't inherit the cheese grater face. (laughs) The Phantom continues to sing about how everything that is his will be his son's. And then he runs off stage. Theater Trunchbolt was lurking in the shadows and is like, That motherfucker! We've (laughs) served him for so long and he's going to leave us all And he's going to leave all his stuff to that little bastard! And as we can see, she's hatching a plan to uh, do something very trunchbolt like to the endangerment of a child.
2: She's more Mama Rosie, you know. Uh, We'll we'll cover the show Gypsy later, but she's she's very much like, My baby needs to be a star! (laughs) Y'all be swell! Y'all be great! Oh, that's where that comes from. Okay, yeah. I, I've
1: heard spoofs for that. Okay, anyway,
2: Gun, have the whole world on a plate,
1: big ass fucking plate. Um, <laughs> so with
2: a pH. God
1: damn it! Sorry, I apologize. My
2: throat is a little um raspy. Uh huh. <laughs> I'm trying really hard not to do any more Richard humor, babe. I really am. <laughs> uh,
1: I know. I... I've you've you've been you've been programmed being married to me, and yeah, I am ninety percent Richard humor. That's just mm-hmm. all of my being. Mm-hmm. I I'm just a bunch of Richard jokes in a trench coat. That's <laughs> the scene goes dark. A
0: mental image. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the scene goes dark, and it transitions to Raoul who has been drinking all fucking night. He asks the bartender for one more, to which the bartender is like, Ah, buddy, haven't
2: you had enough? It's practically morning. This pissed me off that we suddenly have an American accent. And... These French people have been speaking in British accents.
1: Oh, well, this thing we've talked about was like everybody always speaks in a British accent. It it's drives
2: like, me crazy.
1: It's like I remember, like no one else. Like, a, side tangent, I remember watching um, uh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand, and mm-hmm. Spartacus, Gods of the Arena. And same thing, they're in Rome, and everybody is speaking with
2: English accents, yeah. you know, kind of thing. It's because no one would take <clears throat> it seriously if they all sounded like Mario and Luigi. <laughs> Hey, Spartacus, it's me, we're going to fight the uh, Coliseum, You we'll have me. some wine. You're Spartacus. It's I am Spartacus I'm Spartacus, No, I'm Spartacus. I am a Spartacus, and so is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: anyway, terrible Italian stereotypes aside. Okay, yeah, so the scene goes dark, and it transitions to Raul, who's been drinking all night. And he asks for one more, and the bartender is like, Yeah, buddy, haven't you had enough? It's practically morning. One more, I said, cries Raoul, And another drink is poured, and Raoul pays him. The shift change comes, and the bartender is like, Maybe the morning shift guy will know what to do with you. <laughs> Raoul is like, Yes, what to do with me? That is the question. Then Raoul sings about how he's a dick to Chrissy. He's ugly to her, rude to her. Clipping her wings as she yearns to soar, and why, why does Chrissy love him? Raoul cries for one more drink from the and, bartender, and he makes all these mask references, and I'm like, was he this does. written for oh the wrong God. character? You're so right. I didn't even, I didn't even make any jokes about that because he talks about, oh, I'm wearing this mask, and mm-hmm. is, you know, this isn't who I am, or, or maybe I was wearing a mask to get her to love me, and it's just all this, this really stupid, bad heavy. fan. Fiction. really stupid heavy-handed uh symbolism is probably what it's supposed to be but mm-hmm. it's just just bad it's just bad uh yeah so raul cries for one more drink from the bartender then asks him what he should do and the bartender's face is like dude i just work here like because <laughs> yeah. he's he, he, one more drink he's like oh I should, what should i do tell me what to do what would you do if you were me and the bartender's like. Dude, I barely got here. Yeah. You're shit-faced and you've been drinking all night. He's like, dude, I didn't fucking work here. Meg comes into the bar and is like, coffee, black. (laughs) (laughs) And she sees Raul, super stinking drunk. Meg starts singing about her woes and is like, shit's going to hit the fan if Chrissy sings tonight. You need to stop her. The two of them kind of make eyes at one another? Yeah, that was weird. And we were, you, me, and Shay were all speculating, like, are they gonna, are they gonna, are they gonna make another Gustav? Are they gonna, (laughs) are they gonna make a Greg? (laughs) I don't (laughs) I was like, Meg, Raul, I don't, I don't know. (sighs) Uh,
2: Reg. It's Reg. But they call him Reg. They're gonna make a Reggie. Um...
1: Yeah, they're making eyes at one another, and Meg pleads to Raoul to not let Chrissy sing, otherwise the Phantom will get into her, her soul again. And once he gets it's into A-B-O. her soul, <laughs> there is nothing she won't do for him. It's ABO, I'm telling you. Raoul te- Raoul yells at Meg as she leaves the bar, and he's like, "I'm not scared of the Phantom. He's just another freak. I'll kick his ass. I'll kick my own ass. I ain't scared." <laughs> And the bartender apparently had switched with the Phantom when we weren't looking, because the Phantom turns around to stare at Raul. Raul is like, Oh shit, I am a little scared of you. The Phantom is like, I heard you were talking shit, bitch. And Raul is like, I'm not scared of you, but stay away from me, or I'll kill you. The Phantom and Raul have a song grument song argument, about who Chrissy belongs to more. Because oh my god. She's a thing, apparently. That can be possessed and owned. I mean, I guess it is before mm. women had rights. So, she yeah. is technically a thing, uh, according to the law.
0: Yeah, uh,
1: Those were the good old days, right, Kay? I just realized that, with you, that joke can go two ways. And <laughs> I deserve a beating for both of those jokes, so... It can go multiple.
2: It can go both ways. Ah. Uh... The (laughs) song-groment.
1: Yeah, because she's a thing, apparently. Raoul and the Phantom make a bet. If Raoul can get Chrissy D. to not sing, then the Phantom will will, uh, wipe all of uh, Raoul's debts away and then leave them alone forever. But if Chrissy D. does sing, Raoul will leave alone, will leave alone, and Chrissy D. will stay with the Phantom. Raoul is like... I'm going to win this bet, and I'm going to leave with my wife and my son, who is totally my son.
2: I love the line that the Phantom has in there.
1: Yeah, the Phantom is like, ooh, really? Are you sure he's your son? He's musically talented and brilliant, and you're not. Are you sure he's your son? He says it just like that, too. Take my word for it. (laughs) Raul is like, oh, shit. He tries to come to blows with the Phantom over the allegation that his son is not really his son, but the Phantom, like, easily beats the drunk guy into submission. <laughs> and while he's choking Raoul, he's like, You think you're in control? I'm in control! <laughs> Chrissy will sing for me, and you will leave alone! Raoul is like, Oh shit, what have I done? I could lose my wife, who I don't appreciate or treat well at all! And he rushes off crying, My Christine!
2: <laughs> It's totally an abo fic it's the only way to make any of this make sense
1: i don't even think it works then nothing makes this make sense okay
2: just just you know she's under his power because he's he's a strong alpha and she can't be she she gets swayed by his Alpha pheromones you know, you I, know, I hate that I know this You
1: know it made more sense in the first show When he almost had like this Sorcerer
0: mm-hmm. motif
1: to him Cause he would like make yeah. motions at her With his hands and she would like react to it So it was like did he have Magic powers
2: cause like uh-huh. Well I mean In mm-hmm. this they just sort of forget that But also <clears throat> try they, they like try to go Oh we assume that you know that this happened But then we're also saying that you could watch this without ever having seen Phantom of the Opera.
1: No, I would say the reverse. Watch Phantom of the Opera and never this. Yeah. (laughs) Only watch this if you go into it thinking that it's just bad fan fiction and that it has no bearing on the actual other Mm -hmm. show, which is good. Only watch this if you're doing a musical theater podcast. (laughs) And And you are serving your court-mandated apology Shows because you unleashed an unholy abomination upon the unsuspecting people of South. And uh, <laughs> we cut to the next scene, and Meg is singing her burlesque-esque song and dance about tanning on the beach and being naked in public. I think, I don't know. I'm too overwhelmed with the shitty plot of this show. Meg goes off stage after taking her top off behind an umbrella, of course. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she talks to Theater Trunchbolt. <clears throat> poor Meg, man. She's like,
0: did you see me? Did you? Did you? Huh? ha huh, huh? Did you see me? Didn't I do good? Huh? I bet I'll be all that the Phantom needs. He doesn't need Chrissy. I'll be enough for him.
1: Then Theodore Trunchbull is like, no, 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 no. You're not enough. You've never been enough. He only cares about Chrissy D and their son. And he's going to be, he's going to abandon us for them. Meg is like,
0: no it can't be true it's impossible
1: we see the madness and rage starting to build in meg's eyes meg might be on the brink of doing something bad doing something real bad and yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) minimal spoilers but yeah yeah meg uh what what was the name of oh god that's too dark of a turn. I'm not going to go that route. Um, <clears throat> now I'm curious. Cut to Chrissy D's dressing room where Gustav is telling his mom how beautiful she is. And Chrissy is like, you are de- you definitely got my looks and not your father's. <laughs> Raul comes in and is like, hey, maybe my kid, but probably not. Get out. I need to talk to your mom. <laughs> Raul boots Gustav out of the room. Then is like, Chrissy, I know I've been a shitty husband but i can. but i can be better let's leave let's go tonight don't sing i want to tell you i made a bet but i may i want to tell you that i made a bad bet cuz i have a gambling problem but i can't <laughs> because communication would resolve too much of the too much of the paper thin plot conflict that would <laughs> communication would resolve too much of this paper thin plot conflict and would make too much sense instead i'll just yell at you for not i'll just yell at you not to sing I hate when I can't read the stuff that I write. That's okay, babe. Raul leaves and the Phantom comes out of his voyeur holes where he's been (laughs) spying on Chrissy D in her dressing room.
2: Voyeur hole.
1: The guy is so freaking creepy. He's got all these spy holes where he's just spying on women all the time, especially Chrissy D. He wants... No. No. No, No. No. The phantom tells Chrissy, you know Raul's love is not enough for you. You need music. You need me. You need my music. Stay. Sing. Sing for me, my angel of music. Except he doesn't say quite that. No. Uh, the phantom leaves, and Chrissy is left to ponder what to do. Will she stay or will she go? ha <laughs> ha. Gustav, who was kicked out of his mother's dressing room and told to go wait backstage, is just wandering around doing his impression of a child ghost because <laughs> he's just sitting there like, ooh, 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 ooh. That's just what he's doing. Do you have a thought you want to add or just okay, you just want to laugh cool. i'm I'm down with that. <laughs> doing his impression of a child ghost and watching the stage crew get shit ready for the performance. Raul and the Phantom are in different areas of the of the uh, backstage area but they're doing their will she sing will she not who knows we'll have to wait back and forth bit and as the Phantom is leaving to go get a good seat uh, and Theater Trunchbolt is like I hope Chrissy D is is. I hope your Chrissy <clears throat> I hope Chrissy on your D is worth it. <laughs> Because you've oh, oh. ruined Meg and I. <laughs> oh, and After yeah. After you ruined Chrissy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah, Meg has Gustav and totally doesn't have murder in her eyes for uh. the bastard of the Phantom. Meg, 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 don't kill the boy, Meg. Meg, Meg, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Meg. Anyways. We're
2: gonna go have some fun. Yeah. With a ph. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Meg takes Gustav off stage and the scene changes to Chrissy D, who is in a banging blue dress with a peacock theme. Warren definitely approves of this. Mm -hmm. And Chrissy D is pausing for dramatic effect, (laughs) (laughs) debating on if she should or should not sing. Oh, there she goes. Uh you lose Raul, Chrissy drops <laughs> Chrissy drops the title in this song, Love Never Dies. I know that's not how it goes, but and I, I don't, don't give a fuck. Yeah, I was just about to because I don't I don't give <laughs> I don't give a fuck with a pH. It's it's not a bad song, or maybe it's just that Chrissy sang a meh song pretty well. Like it's yeah, it's, it's, what it's so funny is Shay Shay has only watched a few shows with us. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she wanted to be a guest on this. And she was like, "Ah, no. Uh, (laughs) She's like, I'm going to go try and pretend I didn't watch this. Um, This this show is another example of people who are very talented having shit material to work with. Uh And that's just what this is. Because it's like, every actor did a great job. All the singers are great singers. They just have
2: shitty music to Mm -hmm. sing to. And, like, I'm not sure... Because Weber is composing it, but he also is responsible for the story, like partially responsible for the story. I know he's not responsible completely for the lyrics. That would be Ben Slater, who you're on my shit list now too for this one. But I don't, I don't know how much blame solely rests on Weber for this. Oh, uh, y- uh, you know, you know, you know how much
1: blame rests solely on Weber when you pull up the box art for it, it says Andrew Lloyd Webber at the very top. Fair. That's how much blame he gets, the very top blame. Because that's <laughs> his name up there. And it's like, you. the thing with that too is it's like, oh, he didn't write the lyrics. He still fucking read them over before giving yeah. the rubber stamp up. Yep, that's good. Yeah. Let's have our professional theater singers sing this it's just uh, it's just yeah he had collaboration he had people helping him but he had final
2: say in everything i'm sure because it's his name on it it's his it's his name it's his property and you know the buck stops with him yeah and eric took him over and was like write me my fan fiction musical
1: (laughs) seriously that oh god that that reminds me of the first show where the phantom does that where basically he's like i've written an opera Perform my fanfiction, or I'll kill you.
2: Yes, <laughs> that's a legit
1: thing that happens in that. Okay, okay. So Chrissy is singing that's the love you
2: did with this damn opera, or yeah. with this damn aria too.
1: Chrissy is singing the "Love Never Dies" song, and uh, Raul sulks off to the side realizing that he's lost the bet and the phantom triumphant in winning his bet listens to the rest of chrissy d's performance and to, i mean like i said to her credit she mm-hmm. sang beautifully
2: like she sang yeah. a terrible song really well mm-hmm. so and i i loved the peacock motif i just wish it wasn't for this show oh you know that like uh i really like blue mm-hmm. like and that i
1: really like peacocks <laughs> yeah the the design for that part with like the big peacock spread uh and the background and her blue dress and stuff, everything looked visually very, very pretty. So, I, I mean, that it's a point for me on that. Yeah. After which, Chrissy D is magically teleported back to her dressing room, where the Phantom is like, you were great, and my music was great, and we are great together. And Chrissy D is like,
0: the song was beautiful, the music was beautiful, and I felt beautiful.
1: The Phantom is like, now kiss me! And we get a very unconvincing and stilted face touching. No one needed that. Chrissy snaps out of it and notices a letter on her desk. She opens it. With a it.
2: single red rose. Oh, I missed that part. Thank the you. The
1: single red rose.
2: Like he always used to throw. I know the, the motif
1: is that. Oh, yeah. She says that when he comes in before her performance. Oh Yeah, you, with
2: Raul. Yeah,
1: with Raul. You look just like the boy who used to throw me a single red rose, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of thing. So thank you for catching that, because I I totally missed that. And uh, so she reads Raoul's goodbye letter, where he's like, I'm sorry I was shitty to you. You deserve better. I hope you're happy with your angel of music. (laughs) Chrissy D is like, Gustav, Gustav, where is Gustav? Both Chrissy D and the Phantom think that Raoul took Gustav with him when he left. But we all know... The chances, we all know that the chances of a deadbeat alcoholic father leaving his wife but taking his not-son to be a single father is, uh, very low. Yeah. And we were right. It turns out that one of the Joker rejects saw Raul leaving alone. So where is Gustav? As you may recall, Gustav was last seen with Meg. And the (laughs) Phantom is like, oh, shit. She had that child-murdering look in her eyes. Was she in one of her black moods? <laughs> and Chrissy D and the Phantom rush off to look for Mad Meg and halt her child murder plot. <laughs> yep, turns out she was uh, planning
2: to murder Gustav, who, she, when we first show Gustav, had mentioned... Oh, I'm, I'm... gonna learn how to swim! You, you beat me to it, oh. Okay. <laughs> That's
1: okay. Um, Yep, turns out she was planning to murder Gustav. She took him to the pier and was preparing to throw him into the water. Because I may have forgotten to mention it earlier, but Kay, as she just mentioned now, (laughs) but Gustav can't swim, and he wanted to go to Coney Island and learn to swim. Because I guess you can't learn to swim anywhere else but Coney Island? Is that an actual plot argument in this show? It's a dumb plot argument. It's like, like, what? Were they? Were they? Yeah, they were in France before. Mm-hmm. So what? There's no beaches in France. You can't.
2: There's. They don't have swimming. There's, you can't. There's take kind of all... some famous beaches in France. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, not famous yet for that reason, but. uh. Well, I'm, not just those ones though. Like there are famous beaches oh, in France. Some reason I thought you were talking about. Uh... I mean, yes, yeah, so yeah. it can go both ways because. Anyway, <laughs> but like what? There's no lakes.
0: There's like you can't. Yeah. T- you couldn't have. You had to take him. Across the Atlantic Ocean
2: to Coney Island to teach him how to swim? Maybe musical theater, France. You can't learn like no one has learned to swim. Because think about it, Javert. <laughs> I think I don't think it was his
1: inability. He doesn't know how to swim. I don't think it was his inability to swim. It totally was.
2: Him. I think it was the uh, the sudden stop from the long fall. He he didn't he didn't know how to swim. And so he jumped into the Seine because no one knows how to swim in France in musical theater land.
0: Okay, we'll go with
1: that. Uh, Swimming is outlawed in France. You can't (laughs) swim in France. So everybody has to go to Coney Island to learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Lots of drowning deaths, I guess, in France then. Musical theater France. Musical theater France. Thank you. Yes.
2: Anyways, (laughs) Meg was getting ready to throw Goose Musical theater France with a pH.
0: (laughs) God damn it. Anyways,
2: Meg is getting ready to throw Gustav into the
1: water, but decided not to, and released him into the arms of his parents. Meg then pulls a gun and points it at the Phantom, blaming him for not noticing her and driving her crazy with his lack of not noticing her. I have a quick question. If you really wanted to kill a kid and you had the gun that's going to be far less uh, painful than making him drown to death. Yeah. Because as she's dragging him to the pier, she's talking about sink into the darkness and go to sleep. And yeah. Gustav is
0: like, oh, this is bad. I want to leave. I want... He's like trying to pull himself away. And she's like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll
2: be over soon. And it's just like, oh, I need a different adult. <laughs> <laughs> she's... She's saying to Phantom too. Just notice me fan pie, notice me she she really is. She is all about the notice me, notice me, notice me Or I guess musical theatre related. Notice me Phantom While while I kill your son Notice me Phantom, Suzical. As I (laughs) tan in the sun. I don't this it's okay.
1: I mean, we know that he likes to spy on women, so... okay, Meg then turns the gun on herself, but stops before she pulls the trigger. The phantom sings to her, saying that he's sorry he didn't notice her, and stuff. But then... (laughs) 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 Stuff with a PH. But but he was so preoccupied with giving his D to Chrissy again. Meg is like, it's always about Chrissy and your D! And she then goes to shoot the phantom but misses and hits Chrissy D right in the U for uterus. The Phantom yells at Theater Trunchbolt to go get help, and Gustav is like, Father, father, we need to get father. But before he can run off, (laughs) Chrissy D grabs his hand and is like, I never told you the truth about your father. The Phantom is your father. Gustav pulls a Luke Skywalker... (laughs) And cries and runs off stage, leaving Chrissy D and the Phantom to sing their last moments together. I'm
2: so glad that you brought that up because I was going to. <laughs> oh, you no, know who you married. That's not true! That's yeah. impossible with a PH! PH is silent! <laughs> God
1: damn it, okay. Chrissy D then fucking dies. <laughs> Right as Gustav comes back, bringing his not-daddy Raoul with him, Raoul goes over and holds Chrissy D's dead body, and the phantom sad walks over to the edge of the pier, and we think for a moment that he's going to throw himself into the water, but he knows how to swim, so instead, (laughs) he just (laughs) falls. He left France. (laughs) In the ten years since he left France, he learned to swim, because he's been on Coley Island, the only place you can learn how to swim. But only under a moonless night. <laughs> Gustav. See, so yeah, So the Phantom falls into a sad pile on the edge of the pier. <laughs> Gustav comes over to the Phantom and puts his hand on his shoulder. The Phantom then decides that love never dies and hugs his son. Gustav takes off the Phantom's mask and lovingly pets his face. <laughs> which he does. <laughs> takes off his mask and then just yeah. runs the back of his hand down the phantom's face like
0: It feels like a cheese grater <laughs> Like <laughs>
1: Symbolize, let's see, So yeah, Gustav uh, takes off the phantom's mask and lovingly pets his face Symbolizing that he doesn't that he doesn't uh fear him or uh or the that it. <laughs> that he already threw up from earlier, and so he won't puke out of disgust. Honestly, I don't know what that was supposed to symbolize, and frankly, who gives a shit the show is bad at the end. <laughs> so yeah, that's how it ends. Chrissy D dies of a gut shot wound, and then Very quickly. <laughs> very quickly.
2: And then- While singing at the top of her lungs, which you- sh- shouldn't be able to do if you get shot in the diaphragm. And no, she got shot. The diaphragm's up higher. She got yeah. shot in the
1: gut. Because she, she grabs her she grabs her your, abdomen right here. You still need
2: all of your ab muscles to be able to really push that diaphragm up, so. Regardless, she shouldn't be able to sing like that after she gets shot. But you know who this doesn't happen to? Altos. <laughs> we are safe from this shit. No one steals us and takes us into underground Paris Whatever the hell he was in. No one takes us on weird Coney Island trips. None of that shit. We don't get shot in the gut by jealous women who are going full Mama Rose. Or child of Mama Rose. Like, no. (laughs) I mean, I I would have
1: stolen you, but it was easier to lure you to me with promises of food and butt touches. True.
2: Yeah. But, you know, us Altos don't have to deal with that shit. That is a Soprano problem. (laughs) (sighs) Ah. And Contraltos really don't have to deal with it. <laughs> this show was so bad. It was so bad.
1: <laughs> and it just completely destroys everything about the first show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it just really does. Like, it does. You can't watch this show and mesh it into the first one in a cohesive way mm-hmm. that makes them both exist in a viable, logical Realistic way, yeah. like not at all. It's because the tones are so wildly, drastically different mm-hmm. between these two, and it, like I said, Weber soured Phantom for me mm-hmm. with this show, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't like it. We just made fun of it the entire time. Yeah, I don't think that. The... I almost
2: wish we had recorded a riff tracks of uh, it
1: because <laughs> I don't think that the music. Or the songs were anywhere near on the same level as the Mm-mm. first show.
2: Absolutely not. Uh,
1: the Phantom of the Opera, like the, the the original show, the story is not bad. Like it's mm-hmm. not. Like I know that you know we've talked that there is debate whether or not uh, it's a story matters in a musical if it's all about just the songs and the music. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's more than. I think it's it's one of those things that. uh a good soundtrack to a nonsense show can save it. Yeah. Like, if, like for example, if Spider-Man had had a killer soundtrack... It could have saved it. I could have still listened to that and not had to see the show. Yeah. But, you know, it didn't have that. So, uh, But with this one, like, n- I don't think anything about it's good. No. Uh, other than, I mean, the individual performers in it were mm-hmm. good. I have nothing negative to say about any of them. They acted well. They sang yeah. well. Um some of the set design stuff I have raised eyebrows at. Um, some
2: was cool and some was really weird.
1: That's about it. Yeah. That's about it. And um I'm glad that it's over. Me too. Um but the the memories will live on.
2: The memories horrible... never die. <laughs> <laughs> oh god Oh, like the thing that this just brings to my mind is the it's my own argument with theater that or with musical theater that yes you know the music is important but if your music isn't stellar your story better be fucking amazing to make up for the music not being stellar and vice versa if you're Story's amazing, but your music sucks. You know, you you do have to have, like, if your story sucks and your music sucks, then it's just gonna suck. If your <clears throat> story is good, and your music is good, it'll be good. If your story is terrible and your music is forgettable, then it's gonna be this. Uh, <laughs> it's, and especially, I think that sung-throughs have a lot more writing on that. Like sung through musicals have a lot more writing on the story because if you're like, yes, your singing can be great and all, but unless you're gonna do something like cats, where where it's like, oh, we have a nonsense story, but hey, at least the spectacle's cool and yeah. the music is interesting yeah. and the music is good, then it's like, okay, well, I can forgive the lack of a story but when it's a story that's poorly conceived then um <laughs> under a moonless night under a moonless night then your music has to be on par with phantom like it it has to be that good otherwise it's going to it's going to have an 18 month run and people are going to write hate facebook groups about it like uh, <laughs> it's <you>, just <laughs> I'm amazed that it got as far as it did. Like, I just...
1: I wonder if... Otto tried. Otto tried. I really wonder um, if some of the big name people just kind of surround themselves with sycophants. Because I feel like you need to have... You need to have honest people in your creative team. You do. That that will be
2: like, hey, like, this isn't good. Yeah. Like, this isn't good. Well, and... There were moments where Weber says that he knew it wasn't going to be good, but he just you, had to. Why did you? Yeah, a compulsion. How about you? You you put a
1: pin in it. Mm-hmm. Maybe go do something else, and then maybe come back and revisit it.
2: Mm-hmm. Or you take that pin, Weber, and you poke out your fucking eye. And to, this this was the rewrite that we saw. We saw the rewrite. Yeah, let that sink in. <laughs> mhm. but we only can go up from here kind of <laughs> no because we have other weber shows well i mean weber show wise too because i feel like this is the rock bottom
1: yes because previously uh starlight express mm-hmm. was my rock bottom weber show yeah um
2: I'd watch Starlight Express again over this. I would like to watch a better version of Starlight Express. I would as well. Uh, Weber? Weber. All will be forgiven. No! Weber will never be forgiven. Some will be forgiven for this if you release a better copy of Starlight Express.
1: We're all in quarantine. We have to do two more Weber weeks, Weber. You can, you can, uh, you know release one of your archived things of 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 starlight Express and
2: uh and that will be better than this because yeah like it, it's I think that's why I'm so mad though with this is because phantom is so good exactly it you have like uh, okay out of a 10
1: 10 being of course like perfect i won't ever really give anything a 10 because i think it's you should you should aspire for perfection perfection is never a thing Mm -hmm. that you can actually obtain you know you could get close but there's always Mm -hmm. something um i would say that phantom for me personally is a very solid seven yeah it is a very solid seven um Mm -hmm. the version we saw maybe that could be a little bit higher you know this is Mm -hmm. kind of the number i'm pulling uh i feel like You know, somewhere between 7 and 8, I think would be fair to say. Yeah. um, For Phantom. This.
0: I. Hate. Mm
1: hmm. It is. uh I'm just sitting here going. I'm like going, Okay, how harsh? How harsh is it? It's a solid three point six six six. Very solid three point six six six. Yeah, those long pauses were for dramatic effect.
2: I I figure much like Chris E. D. <laughs> yeah, it's and like because I have Weber shows that I really <clears throat> like. I I I know it's bizarre, but I do like cats. I do like Joseph. I like the original, I like
1: the stage version of Cats. Yeah. Um, Joseph has its mo Joseph is silly. Joseph is silly. Joseph is, yeah, Joseph... uh, Joseph is very safe, and I feel like it's one Mm -hmm. of those shows that you could introduce to a young child, more or or less, you know? You know, except for, like, the... Prostitute scene, lap
2: dancing. I mean, or this whatever. is one. Joseph is one of the most popular shows for Weber in Utah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, so that's yeah. how safe it is. <laughs> is that I, it's the most popular Weber show in Utah? Uh, do do parents just cover their children's eyes when the? Well, they don't watch that version, but like being performed in Utah, oh. it is one of the most popular ones here. That makes sense. Theaters will do Joseph. The Hale used to do Joseph like every other year. So it's, you know, it's that popular.
1: How many times have you been in Joseph?
2: I've only been in it once. Okay. but And that was one of those like, one of those formative moments for me. Oh, that's right. Because you you got cast. as a, <laughs> I got cast as one of the brothers yeah. as Judas, as the Calypso brother. And it was one of those moments where it was like this kind of feels right. Well, but what was it too that um, <laughs> the makeup and everything was so
1: good on your? You were so convincing that you actually got girls who mm-hmm.
2: were
1: who were hitting on you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and so it was. It was. How old were you when you? Fourteen. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. I was a kid as baby. You know, baby, baby K. But yeah, like. I and that what's funny about that, too, is that was when I was starting to try and figure out my sexuality. So that was fun. Um, But like, you know, you've got Joseph, you've got cats, you've got Phantom when it's done well, because the tour that I saw when I was a kid was terrible. But seeing the Royal Albert Hall one, I'm like, okay, that is excellent. Yeah,
1: that's probably like the best
2: version It's so good. And then you get this. And what makes me mad is because I know what Weber's capable of. Yeah. And that's what makes me so mad. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Even though I I knew going into it that it was going to be bad. You be disappointed, I'll be mad. Okay, because it was was just one of those things where it was like... Because I knew that people generally hate this musical... Except for that there are some super fans with a PH out there that like it. And they can go super fuck themselves. I don't... With a PH. (laughs) I don't... I feel like this is not... I feel like this is not deserving of praise. Because there's very little that I can praise about it. And it... It hurts me to do that because the way that I view theater, I want things to be good. Yeah, you want we want stuff to be good. Like you yeah. don't want stuff to be bad. It's yeah. I mean it's like, you know, any media. It's
1: like with the Cats movie. I yeah. wanted that to be good. <laughs> with that's the thing with media. Is it's like we want to be entertained. I mean, there are some yeah. people who who their whole thing is they just want to nitpick and tear things down yeah you and i we just want to be entertained we just want to yeah. have a good time like yeah. kind of thing so it, it's one of those things when so much time effort and money goes into making something terrible it pisses you off because you're just like how yeah. how do you spend that, that how do you
2: spend that much resources this is the skyline of weber shows oh god this is the skyline of weber shows oh wow and then my brain went
1: into the struggle i was like okay okay warren would you rather watch skyline again or would you rather watch this
2: again i would rather watch this over skyline because this was fun to mock
1: that's exactly where my train of thought was going i was just debating i was like thinking about it i was like no but you're right because this was more fun to mock
2: yeah it was uh, fun to it was fun to riff on but that's yeah <sighs> And I think one of the
1: reasons, I, I think we may have already touched on it, but I think one of the reasons this one is also just so hard is because how much we like the other one. Mm-hmm. And it, if, if the first Phantom didn't exist and this was the only thing that existed, rather than a 3.666, it might be a very solid uh, uh, five point go fuck yourself yeah. pH. Um,
2: five with a pH, go fuck yourself with a pH. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everything's a pH. (laughs) Uh, Everything's a pH. (sighs) I have no pHs to give anymore. Transcript's going to be fun for this when I can eventually afford transcriptioning.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. I, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like this was bad
2: enough that we should, we should get paroled. But I don't think we're gonna. Don't cry for me, Warren baby. Our next show will be Evita. And it's with Madonna and Antonio Banderas. Ooh. I've heard some things. I'm a little scared. Oh no.
1: (laughs) And that's another Weber show? Yeah, that's another Weber show. I like Antonio Banderas, though.
2: Yeah. I've heard things about this version, but it's the version that's streamable, so... Man, those dogs will not shut the hell up. Yeah, well, they're Shelties, so it's okay. That's their job, is to bark at the fence while Latte watches. (laughs) But yeah, next show's Evita. (sighs) It's not as bad as this. Will we be living Evita loca?
1: does she bang
2: oh i want you to remember that joke for when we watch it because (laughs) it's nothing like that you're gonna be like oh no (laughs) oh god what have i done time for you to have a history lesson (laughs) so yeah next up it'll be evita Yay. yay so thank you all for listening. Sorry this went a little bit long, but uh, we had a lot to say about it. And we got 10 we got on tangents about other things because we didn't want to think about this, but, but we had to because it's court mandated <laughs> yep. um, again, we are truly sorry for the events of episode 69. I'm wishing that I would have
1: died in the event that shall not be named because then I wouldn't have to live
2: with my mistakes. But we survived. We, we survived and we survived with the pH. We survived with a P wait. <laughs> the pH is silent. So again, thank you all for listening. Um, I'm trying to get some face masks up on the tone deaf, uh, shop I almost said gift shop but that's not the right word my brain is dying um and yeah so we've got on tonedeafmusical.com we've got where you can buy some swag and shit yeah and yeah yeah well we'll we're trying to see if we can get some face masks done as well um those are definitely a thing that are necessary. Right now, in these times, especially here in Utah, where they reopened the state, it's a soft reopen, but it's still enough to scare me. I going to go hard on this soft reopen, Warren. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh
1: uh-huh. But yeah. So thank you, everybody, for for uh listening and for your forgiveness, uh, to us.
2: When when you're listening to this, please uh review on PodChaser or uh itunes or wherever else you may get reviews um no flames please author's note uh a slash n thank you for listening we do not own this are- no flames are you there's making- some lemons <laughs> are you making some fucking fan fiction references in that yes
1: <laughs> don't worry listeners i will i will smack k as soon as we stop
2: recording uh on the butt um Mama, give me back on the asshole. Anyway, <laughs> that was a better show than this. Jerry Springer was definitely a better show than this one. Um, it, if you go to our website, tonedeafmusical.com, you can find all of our social medias, uh, Tone Deaf Musical on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, Shoot us an email at tonedefmusical@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Yep.
1: We also have the link to the Cast Junkie Discord server, where Kay and I have our own Not Safe for Work channel there,
2: and, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and one thing, y'all should, uh, tune into Boston Harbor Horror, because you'll be able to hear the dulcet tones of my beloved Warren on episode one. (laughs) I will be playing, uh, Agent in Charge, uh, 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 uh agent lewis uh i i i got blanked out a little bit on i that. should say it's episode one of season two
1: yeah um occulting is the name of the season um boston harbor horror if you haven't listened to that audio drama it is really good mm-hmm. uh mike gagney um i actually first got into that because he did an episode on uh our wonderful lawyer alex her we want to thank her of course for mm-hmm. uh getting us out of this saving our asses saving my tender butthole from prison um i i would not do well in prison um so thank you alex and her podcast pomegranates and pitchforks which uh mikey gagney had an episode on there talking about some stuff and uh i was like hey this guy's cool i want to go listen to a show and then Mm -hmm. i was like oh my god this show is amazing so good and then they were doing casting for the next season i was like i want to be on it and i was very lucky enough and so is kay actually mm-hmm. but
2: kay's episodes will not be until later in the season yes later uh, in the season and now i can now that i'm past the death cough that i've had for the past like god four weeks what was it i don't know it's been forever time is an illusion time is an illusion uh now that i've passed that i can finally record cuz it's i've been i've been sitting here like oh I don't know. I want to record my lines with my voice. And now it's back, so I'm <laughs> excited.
1: But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, check out uh, uh, Boston Harbor Horror mm-hmm. and uh, Pomegranates and Pitchforks. And many other shows. And many other shows, a lot of which you can find on the Cast Junkie Discord server. Uh, we're starting to ramble.
2: Yes, so. Good night, folks! <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. We've got to do our normal. (laughs) Oh. So, thank you all for listening. We love you. We are sorry. And that'll be it for this week. I'm Kay. I'm Warren. And this has been Tone Deaf. All right, babe. So, I figure we can finish up the Apothic Red, maybe a whole thing of the gin. Maybe we can get the forget-me stick and forget the show ever. My will to cook something symbolizing
1: a healthy meal has gone out with all the fucks ph that i had to give why couldn't
2: the void fish with a ph have taken care of this for the whole damn show
1: yeah i'm tempted to go continue slowly murdering my arteries with a bucket bucket
0: yeah let's do a bucket bucket with a ph
1: no all oh, at that with a good old